Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart will be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message.
I've already given you a great big hint to what Isaiah 40, 31 is. But I tell you what I want to do. I want you to say it today. And then, you know what? Let's just save some time. And let's everybody say this together. So Derek, we're going to go ahead and change it this week. And we're going to put this. Now, a lot of people, you can't see their hand going up, but a lot of people are doing that right there. I'll raise my hand and say amen for you. But let's do it, church. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings, run and not be weary. They shall Can you say praise the Lord to that right there? That's encouraging. And you can be seated. I'm going to pray. And then we're going, the very first scripture that I read to you today is your scripture for this week. Okay? And I'll get to that in a minute. But I want you to pray. The men's already prayed for me. And I... So thank God for that, but I want you to pray for me, for yourself to receive, and everybody that will hear this at some point in time, okay? Father, I anoint myself in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would anoint me with an anointing that's indescribable, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would touch every ear here, 
every heart to receive the word. We rebuke the devourer, Lord. He has no place here. And we pray, God, that anything, any distraction, any spirit that's not of the Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that in the name of Jesus it would be gone right now because you and you alone are worthy of what we're about to do. And God's people said amen. Amen. I am going to go and get right to this today because we have to allow time for the end. I'm not rushing the Lord because I can't. He's God. He can do what he wants to do. But I do want to just start out by telling you two of the hardest words that you will ever. Are you, you, you ready for the word of God? I need to ask you that. Okay. Well, this is what we're going to do. We're just going to talk about two words that they're big words. Very big words. And I've preached about one of them a lot. But they only consist, each word of two letters in the alphabet. The first word is the word if. It's not a big word. Oh, yes, it is. It's few in letters, but it's a huge word. And I believe these two words, I'll get to the second one in a minute, but I believe these are two of the hardest, if not hardest, big words in the Bible. Because the word if is a condition. It's a conditional word. And... I don't even have a number for how many times God used the word if as a condition in his word. But your scripture for this week is a familiar one. One of the most popular places that you find the word if is in 2 Chronicles 7, 14. And this will give you a better understanding because it says if, let's establish this as a condition, if. My people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then you have if. Now, that's the condition. Here's what's the other side of if. Here's the then. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. So when I say it's a condition, and it's hard for people to understand this in 2024, this day we're living in because people have been trained by the world and by the pulpit and, and seminaries and everything else all kind of uh, misleading translations of the Bible to, to make people believe that there are no conditions anymore because of a distorted view of grace that people teach. People say, well, all you got to do is just pray and ask Jesus a sweet little sinner's prayer to come into your heart and you don't have to worry about anything or do anything you don't, you, you're not responsible for anything. That's a lie, church. Because God wouldn't have dozens of dozens of promises in his word that he said you would be a recipient of or a people group would be a recipient of if you would just do this. You can find it again in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 9 and 10. Listen to this. 
and the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous. He's giving you the then first here. In every work of thine hand, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy land. For the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good as he rejoiced over thy fathers. If, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord. So you got to hear him. You got to keep his commandment and his statutes, which are written in the book of law. And if you turn thou unto the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. So see, God's got it all, you see. Everything you could want in this life and much, much more. But a lot of it is never tapped into or received, I should say, because people won't do the if. And it's especially hard when they're taught and told that they don't have to worry. There's no such thing as an if no more. But I'm telling you, God is still a God of promises. And all we got to do is just grab a hold of that big old fat word called if and watch what God can do. I preached about offering last week, but when I was on the tithe part, I brought up Malachi chapter 3, like 10, 11, and 12, those verses. The Lord says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. You don't have the scripture, just listen. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse and see if I won't. Do you all know the next part? Open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing you can't receive. But he stuck that word if in there. People don't like that because it requires something from me. And again, a lot of people would like to jump on the bandwagon and say, well, you, you can't work out. You can't work to earn and receive salvation. I'm not talking about salvation here. Nothing I read to you had anything to do with salvation. There were all kind of goodies, I'll say, in a very reverent, respectful way, and all kind of blessings and promises. If we'll just keep God's word, if we'll hear God, if we'll do God's command, it's a big word, you see. It's a big problem for people because we want God to do everything. We don't want to go to church, let alone tithe. We don't want to pray, let alone follow the commands of the Lord. You see what I'm talking about? But we want God to just roll it out, baby. Just give it to me. Give it all to me, Lord. We want God to do that. God says, I will if you'll do this. Now, the other big word is the word go. Two letters again. Christians struggle with this. Preachers struggle with this. I want to do this not to insult anybody's intelligence. But I don't know who's watching where or when. And people just need a daily reminder. So Derek's about to give you one. It's possible today that everybody here will come up to a stoplight somewhere. If you've got a driver's license... You know that green means go. If you don't know that, 
surrender your license to an usher before you leave this building. You need a designated driver to get out of this parking lot because my vehicle's out here. But seriously, church, everybody here knows that when you pull up to a stoplight, it don't mean ponder, think about it, fold your arms and watch other people go, does it? What does it mean? It means go. Unless you've got your face down in a cell phone, reading texts and all that. Y'all ain't never had any of that borderline roads raised, had you before? Only certain ones of us. Especially when it's a short-lived green light. So when you look at a green light for the rest of your life starting today, I want you to think about this. Because, again, like the word if, God made it ever so clear what he meant for a believer to do the remainder of their existence on earth once they are blood saved. In Matthew 22, verse 9, he said, talking about the marriage, the parable about the marriage, he said, go therefore into the highways, because they said we've invited him, people won't come. He said, well, go into the highways, and as many as you shall find, bid them to the marriage. He didn't say, think about them. He didn't say, uh, hope. He said, go to the highways and get them. He meant, go. Don't sit at the light. Go. He also said in Matthew 25, this is another parable about the five wise and five foolish virgins when he said, and at midnight there was a cry made, behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. He's coming. Get ready. Go, move, get out of the way of the green light. Don't just sit there because nobody's behind you in line. Go. But you know what? Over in the student building, there's a scripture written on a board in the hallway that is kind of like the hallmark of what we all should be thinking about every day. It's in Mark 16, 15. You know this scripture. He said, go ye therefore into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel to every creature. So he didn't say, think about moving out from under the green light and uh, or just ponder or watch all the other traffic, all the other Christians go. If you've been saved, your commission and your commandment is to go. And then he followed up in Matthew 28. He said, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. So he's told us to go and preach. He's told us to go and teach. He's even told us to go and baptize, which I just saw this right now. This will feed into the great, the big reveal at the end. I want to... Look at just one individual in the Bible for a minute that will maybe help you understand this a little bit better. And it's, it's found in the ninth chapter of the book of Acts. And I'll just kind of 
tell you some of this and then we'll read a little bit of it. But there was a very mean man, anti-Christian, by the name of Saul. And what is so bad before he was converted, what was so bad, Saul just didn't have a problem with Christians and with Jesus. He was a smart man when it comes to the Bible, to the law. He knew it. I mean, he, he, he was brilliant. He was very articulate in how he talked. He, he knew his stuff, if you know what I mean. And so anybody that wasn't up to up on living good, living right, he, he could just school them right where they were. And he was so passionate about what he was doing he got letters to persecute, kill any Christians he could find because this new way had kind of come up out of nowhere in his eyes and it was going to take people away from being religious and allow them to be righteous through Jesus Christ. And he couldn't stand that. And so you know that on the road to Damascus, the Lord says the day is his day. And I'm kind of just paraphrasing a little bit. And a light from heaven. He had men with him along with these letters that gave him uh, judicial permission, legal permission to, to just eliminate Christians. And he did that. He was on this road and a bright light, Jesus Christ, hit him right in the face. By the way, if you think you've got somebody in your life that cannot be saved, I've used this terminology before. There's a light in this life that's everybody's size. I don't care how cold and mean and hard and rebellious and Saul-like they are. Don't you worry. God's got a light for them that will get their attention. It might be a cancer. It might be a car wreck. It might be bankruptcy. It, it might be uh, just borderline feeling like you don't have another day left to live. Because you don't have the strength. But God can get everybody's attention. If you haven't walked that road yet, he can get your attention, you see. And he did this with Saul. He hit him with the light. But then, he told this man, in fact, um, you, you, don't, you don't have all these scriptures. You only have one. Uh, you have verse 15. But I want to read a little bit of this. I felt later after I spoke with Derek this morning. And I'm going to start reading at verse 9. And then you can jump in with me at verse 15. And Paul, or Saul rather, he was three days without sight. And neither did eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold. I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias, now he's talking to the Lord here. Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard many things about this man and how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. 
But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. If you didn't really hear or see the part in verse 15 when God told Ananias to go because Saul is mean and bad and mad as he was, God said he is a chosen vessel of mine. In the condition he was in, God still chose him, hallelujah, and called him a vessel. He didn't call him a wreck. He didn't call him a a religious nut. He said he's a chosen vessel of mine. And I think it's a great thing to point out today that God didn't say to Ananias, Ananias, well, he's a big bad dude, and he got letters, and he can even do it to you, so you might just want to send him a text, or you might want to send him a telegram, or you might want to send a word through a messenger what God said. God says, no, I'm telling you to go. And before God talked to Ananias about the situation, God had already shown Saul that Ananias was coming. And I wonder how many vessels in this life right now that God has chosen and God has already shown them that you're coming to get them. You're coming to pray for them. You're coming to lay your hands on them so that the scales can be removed, so that the blinders can be removed, so that God can change their direction from persecution to taking people and making them perfected saints. I wonder how many people God's already chosen in Scotland County that he's shown multitudes church to, and all you got to do is just hang on because they will get to you. Instead of saying, well, maybe they will show up here one day. You're not going to get 4,000 amens right there. Because that's a lot to swallow. Amen, church? So do you see for a minute how if is such a big word, but go is a really big word too. Can you all see that? Because go means hit the accelerator, move the vehicle. When I say hit the accelerator and move the vehicle and I'm talking about a person, do you know what we mean when we say that? It doesn't mean your mind. It doesn't mean your mouth. It means your vehicle. We're going to get to that at the big reveal in a minute. But God's not really interested in a whole lot of other things in case anybody was wondering but people that will go right now. Because see, in God's eyes and in God's way of looking at the time frame that we're in right now, there's no other way to get the harvest in, to get the people in, unless we go, 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 and go some more. 
I think we've pretty much worn it out, especially over the past four to seven years. Not everybody is going to come, 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 or Laurel Hill, go, go, go over there. He told me to go. He's told you to go. He's told us to go. He's told every person that's been bought by the blood of his son, Jesus, to go. And I think about this all the time. There was a story, a real story, that the gospel of Luke, Luke, writes down, we, we will talk about this and every other church will possibly in a few weeks. It's called um, Palm Sunday. Let me tell you about that one minute. Jesus was going to ride in to Bethlehem. He was going to ride in and people would take palm branches and they would use them to lay them in the road and their clothing and they would worship him singing and glorifying him saying Hosanna 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 in the highest and then later they would watch him be brutally whipped and crucified but he was going to ride make that triumphal entry on a donkey. And this is what the Lord said in chapter 19. He told the disciples this. He told them what was about to happen. And he said, go ye into the village over against you. In that into which you are entering. And you'll find a colt wherein man has never sat before. Loose him. And bring him hither. Now, I don't want to spend any time at all on talking about that scripture a lot. But I want to point out the fact that Jesus knew what was going to happen. He knew that there was a donkey, a way for him to fulfill that prophecy, to ride in, to make that. And can you imagine if he would have, and I, I'm not trying to, Lord, I'm not trying to be funny here, and this is not even funny, but I'm saying, can you imagine if he would have told the disciples, listen, I need a donkey, and there's one over against you in the other uh, neighborhood over there, sitting there waiting, never been ridden on before, it's pure, go get it. What if, what if the disciples would have said, well, you know what, I, I bet if we just wait, since it is for Jesus, he'll automatically come to us. Or if Dad said, number seven, come over here, we need you. Now, if you've never watched Grizzly Adams, I lost you big time. That was a donkey in that program back then. If they would have just called one over there in a stall somewhere and said, come over here, we need you. Now, God had a specific place for him to go, the, those, those men to go, to do a specific task that was fulfilling history and fulfilling prophecy, they probably didn't understand that. And what I want to say 
is a lot of times God tells us to go and do things don't make sense. We don't understand. There's a donkey right there, Jesus. But Jesus has a way. He has a plan. His ways are higher than my ways. He knows what he's doing, church. And all we got to do is just say, yeah, Lord, go. Send me. I'll do what you want me to do. I'm not going to sit at the light any longer. I'm here. I'm your man. I'm your woman. I'm your church. You paid for me. I'm your personal property. Tell me where to go, and I'm on it, God. Wake up and do that tomorrow, and watch what the Lord does in your life. So, the theme, I know that we're getting close to Easter. But I pray in the name of Jesus, every person thinks about this. It's on your heart. Because you see, for years upon years, they killed lambs, they killed rams, they killed goats. They sacrificed ox and pigeons and doves. All kinds of, I mean millions, over the years. It never could suffice the righteous requirement of God. There was one precious spotless lamb. His name's Jesus Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, no forgiveness of sin, no salvation. So the Bible says that Jesus did not think it, he was equal with God, but he didn't think it was robbery to go. Leave heaven and go. Come to earth so every one of you could be saved. So you see, you'll never go like Jesus did. You'll never go at such a price as Jesus did. This church will never go the way Jesus did. You see, he left the beauty of heaven, the splendor of glory. And he came down here as a, as a lamb led to the slaughter. He came down here. The Bible says he came unto his own and his own received him not. He did that. He came and clothed himself in human flesh. And he was being worshipped all the time in heaven. But you see, he knew that if he didn't go, meaning come down here, that you wouldn't be saved. There's no way the, the acceptable lamb of God would have ever been sacrificed if Jesus didn't go, church. And every blood-bought saint is a recipient today because Jesus didn't mind going. And I'm telling you, I'm saved and sanctified and filled with the sweet Holy Ghost right now because Jesus did go from heaven to earth, and I'm so glad he did today. I want to pray, and I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Father God, I'm glad. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, glory to your name. I'm so glad that you allow us to go. Before we end our broadcast today, I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church, not do you have a cross in your home, 
But do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner. And you violated the law of God and you stored up wrath. And for that, you feel bad and so bad that you've asked Him to forgive you. And you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question. Are you ready to meet the Lord face to face and give an account for your life? If you have not done that or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer, but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. And you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I want to pray for you. God, I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash uh, saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us the, a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved to 910-411199. Listen, we'd like to help you out on your journey. And there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission, and you're part of that. So let us pray for you. And if you have any kind of prayer request, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, we will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything, uh, but you're welcome to email us and let us know what your prayer need is right now. And that's just a simple email uh, to prayer at multitudeschurch.com. Thank you again for being a part of our broadcast, and we look forward to seeing you in heaven one day for all eternity. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.